Hi, I'm Sean Hassinger, and this is Small Biz in 15, the show where we bring you small business success in 15 minutes or less. Please like and subscribe if you enjoy the show. Need to create a lead magnet to collect more clients and customers, but don't know where to start? Listen to our interview with Annie P. Ruggles, founder of the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy, tongue firmly in cheek on that one, for this inspirational overview of how to create a lead magnet prospects won't be able to resist. What I want to know is, mm -hmm. if you were going to define what a lead magnet is, mm -hmm. you've oh. already said, what would you call it? What I would, would call it... it I would call it an opportunity to solve a small problem. I I call them micro problem solvers. That's what I call them in my own business. They're micro problem solvers. I mean, I think most marketers would say it's something you give away for, to make somebody sign up to your list, which yeah. doesn't really explain. It's something you I mean, give away to prove your problem solving yeah. prowess to the people that you want to partner with. Ah, to prove your, it's an audition. Yeah, absolutely. So is your discovery call, but hit me up when you do a whole series of these on discovery calls and, and save me about five hours. I got a lot to say, <laughs> but it's an audition. It absolutely is an audition. It's, do I want to continue hanging out in this person's world? Do I want to keep paying attention? You know, I thought it would be fun. Uh, we're talking right now about creating lead magnets. So if you were creating a lead magnet uh, to get a list to sell a course on how to create these things, uh, what would it look like? I am launching a lead magnet right now by all. Yeah. So uh, I am. I wrote a ebook and the ebook is going out through my affiliates only but my lead magnet is not the ebook itself it's the audiobook uh because i know that from doing all of this podcasting people seem to like my weird little muppety voice i mean i could be very very literal with this example so my ebook is called the coach who would not sell it is mm -hmm. a novel it's a noir novella with a workbook attached to it so it's so goofy um but it's very annie and i'm always blending multiple things but the way that i've tackled this previously in the past is i did a webinar on the four types of sales avoidance I would do live events on uh, making selling easy without getting sleazy. I would do all these other things. But the central conceit of the noir novella is what I call sales baggage, which leads to sales avoidance. Those are my terms, but they're easy to figure out, right? So what I'm looking at in that and why I'm solving that problem, if you read the book, it's going to ask you to confront your history of selling and how you came to define sales in the way that you have so that you can rewire that and you can also actively unlearn any nasty sales stuff you don't need, right? Mm. Once you realize that your relationship with sales is incomplete, if you give a mouse a cookie, they will want a glass of milk to go with it. So at the end of the book, I say, now you know what your relationship with sales could, should be. Now you are already rewiring it, right? You are rewiring and actively improving your relationship with sales. But I still haven't told you what to say on a sales call. Uh, 
And so it says, don't know what the heck to say on a sales call? Your next step is to get on a call with me. And it's got my calendar link in the ebook, right? So it's going from, I could not say anything on a sales call to I'm excited for my next sales call, but what the heck do I say? What the heck do I say is what we pay Annie for, right? So dialing it backwards, I knew they're not going to hire me if they have active sales avoidance. Solve the problem before in the lead magnet. Get them out of sales avoidance. Get them into sales possibility. What do I say? Now you hire me. Because I have a problem that hits that next level. You know, if we were looking at it as the hero's journey, right? Mm -hmm. Young King Arthur meets Merlin doorway one. And because he meets Merlin, he thinks that maybe he could be more. Merlin shows him all kinds of power to get him out of his own head. Without that, Arthur's not going for the sword and the stone. He's like, I'm a freaking weird farm kid. Leave me alone weird wizard man i don't get this like it's too far apart we can't just jump to hey kid walk up to the stone we have to be like hey kid the world is magical and you have a place in it and you're not just a worthless you know what right we still got to do that first he cannot get past stage one until he has that mindset piece normally it's a mindset piece sometimes it's strategy more than that it's mindset okay now we're like, you are going to rule England, dude. Once you pull that sword out, you are going to be king of fantasy England. So maybe we should brush up on some English history. We know you're a squire, but like, let's brush it up. That's your mama bear content. Are you about to become king of fictional England? Do you have no clue what you're doing because you were raised as a farm boy squire? Here's the five things you need to know before. Right? He can't go pull the sword out of the stone, which is what we're ultimately waiting for, until he knows that he can do it. And how do we do it? We show him, then we go, okay, you're really looking like you're ready to rule. Why don't you go over there and pull that sword out? Okay, then he does it. Prep for pulling the sword from the stone. Pulls, point of pulling. The second he pulls it, your lead magnet's over because now he's holding a sword and he's king and he doesn't know what the heck he's doing. What does he do? Hire Merlin. Right? It's a staircase. He cannot yeah. do any of those actions until he does the previous action. Every single one of us is like this. We can't park in the garage until we arrive on our street. So why am I opening the garage door when I'm five blocks away? If there was one thing that somebody could, uh, you know, aside from calling you up and hiring you, if there was somebody, <laughs> said, so one thing that somebody could do to start rethinking how they're doing this. Right, right. So they they have they're building the list, and they say, mm-hmm. "Wow, oh, I have to put a I have to put a uh, I have to put one of those lead magnets in, don't I? I have yep. to get because otherwise people won't sign up." What's one thing that they they could do? You think that would transform their thought process about this and start thinking about what they should be doing to get somebody, as you say, in their world. Put it on a timeline. If your client is coming into your program at three o'clock on a clock, now I'm not being literal with time y'all, but I'm just saying at the three o'clock of their lives, what's happening at two thir- what's happening at two thirty and what's happening at two fifteen? Not what's happening that morning. 
what's happening at 2.30, what's happening at 2.15, what's the problem right before, right? My background is originally in theater. This was the most important thing that they teach you right at the beginning of theater school. If someone opens a door and walks on stage and they have no backstory on where they've been at all, then they could be like, oh, sorry, I'm late. And they're there and they're in and they're in the emotion, fine, whatever. But what if I've decided that it's raining outside? So sorry I'm late and I'm brushing off the water on my thing and I'm reaching for a towel and I'm wringing out my clothing. Now I have a whole reason for being late and I said the exact same line, sorry I'm late. I gave it context because I was giving it a moment before. Similarly, your clients have lives before they hire you. So what's going on in their lives in relationship to what they're also ultimately hopefully gonna hire you for if you're selling them an appetizer or sorry if you're selling them an entree then we should give them an appetizer but it should still be in the same cuisine right we don't want to totally wildly change things up by trying to overwhelm them with too many bells and whistles so what's the moment before if they're coming into the program to solve a problem at three o'clock what's their 215 problem right what is the precursor what is the prerequisite to them being a successful client what do they need to agree to what have they needed to feel think or change before they even come into the work to be successful if you could put that in a chronological timeline you will never stress about your lead magnet again because you'll just look backwards in the rear view just a couple inches well annie is there anything else we could add i think we've covered a lot of stuff and there's a lot of thought-provoking stuff to here too anything else that um that you think we 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 should say you can make money converting from any lead magnet type don't listen to the shoulds not everybody needs to be marketing their business on TikTok right now a lot of people should but if you're dealing with something sensitive something that deals with older generations something more financial or even medical you're not posting that on TikTok. so don't worry about the trends you can make conversions you can make money off of anything literally any format as long as it solves a problem well that's it for another episode of small biz in 15. thanks again to annie p ruggles and please like and subscribe if you enjoyed the show and please leave a comment and let us know what topics you'd like to see covered in future programs for more small business news and tips join us at smallbiztrends.com